Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. Once again, we are talking about the history of racism and discrimination in Canada. This time we're talking about various other minorities because we've already covered um, Indigenous people of Canada and Black history in Canada. So today we're going to be talking about the myriad of issues in racism and discrimination faced by Chinese, Latino, uh, various other Asian, South Asian, and Latin American groups. Um, let's, I guess, start in early history. So basically in 1872, many groups in BC, just after BC had joined, uh, they were denied the right to vote. In fact, people of Asiatic heritage were prohibited from voting in BC from as early as 1895. Um, let's see, there's also the head tax, which was a $500 head tax that Chinese people had to pay in order to immigrate to Canada. And the earliest Canadian, uh, Chinese Canadians were railway workers. And we even have this heritage moment that some people might remember from TV that said that, uh, it's this old Chinese grandpa talking to his grandkids. And he says that allegedly for every, I think every mile of track, there's a dead Chinese person. I will remind you that Canada is several thousand miles wide. Um, so that's horrifying. Uh, there's also the fact that eventually we just bar Chinese immigration outright. Uh, there's also the Komagata Maru, where 376 people uh, from India were detained on the Komagata Maru ship, where several of them died in isolation because they weren't allowed to even leave. Uh, before um, the ship eventually had to turn away because the Canadian, the Canadian government wasn't letting them land or enter into Canada. Uh, let's see, Ukrainian Canadians in World War I were branded as enemy aliens. Uh, thousands were interned and 50,000 had to wear special identification badges. Speaking of other internments, in World War II we had the Japanese internment where anyone who was of Japanese racial origin was ordered to report to um, these camps that were outside of a restricted zone, which was a zone within 100, uh, 100 miles of the west coast of Canada. So um, it uprooted their farms, their businesses, really set them back a bit. Um, also in World War II, we refused entry to Jewish refugees with our own prime minister at the time, claiming that none is too many. Yeah, uh, those who were trying to escape persecution by the Nazis aboard, I believe it was the MS St. Louis, they tried to uh, seek asylum in Canada, but they were turned back, and as many as three quarters of them died at the hands of the Nazis. So that's a part of our heritage. Um, other refugees who we initially hated, and stop me if some of this starts to sound familiar, were the Vietnamese boat people fleeing persecution. Um, after, they were South Vietnamese, so they were fleeing uh, persecution from the North Vietnamese as they were conquering the South. So they all got into very flimsy boats and were out floating in the ocean, being denied entry to all sorts of places. And while there were those who wanted to open um, the borders to let these refugees in, there was, of course, people saying, oh, but many of them could be communists and they could be uh, just infiltrating our country and they'll bring communism to the shores of North America. Which is exactly how we talked about the Syrian refugees more recently. Uh, Syrian refugees in the wake of the Syrian civil war, trying to bring more of them in, 
lots of people tried to claim that you know it was a security risk or that we couldn't afford to bring them in it's 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 always an excuse to be racist without saying the r word people will find any possible excuse uh for why people should not be allowed into a country because we simply don't have the space or the resources or it's a security risk and we can't possibly screen them all or their religion is weird and not good and not progressive and it's any excuse to be racist without saying the R word. That's really what it is at the end of the day. And this is something that people have had to face forever. Like we, you know, as I said, in history, we banned Chinese immigration at one point because, oh my God, there's too many of them. Uh, rampant anti-Semitism. There's even some photos you can find online from, I think, Winnipeg or something saying, no Jews allowed. So... This is part of our history, and it still continues to this day. Um, in the 90s, of course, one of the big issues was racism against Sikh people because uh, wearing their turban is part of their faith. And, oh no, see, that's how they're going to destroy our Canadian institutions. Can't have them join the military or the RCMP because you need to wear these uniforms, and it, we can't change that at all. Case in point, that big case in the 90s. Uh, there was also fears that if we allowed Sikhs to carry their ceremonial kirpan dagger, they'd just go on like knife-wielding sprees and kill innocent Canadians willy-nilly across the country. Racism is never rooted in any kind of real logic. It's always rooted in fear, which has no basis. But it's something we have to deal with. Case in point, poor Chinese people and people of any Asian origin here in Canada who, thanks to the coronavirus, have reported far increased instances of verbal and physical assault against them purely for their racial features. Even if, you know, they're, like, whether they're Chinese, Japanese, Korean, uh, Malaysian, Filipino, and they're born and raised here, but because they're Asian and because the coronavirus came from China, People of Asian origin have been facing ridiculous amounts of assault and racism directed at them because of this virus. And, you know, it's it really just shows how sinister this all is and how it continues to this day, just bubbling under the surface. And this is all the overt racism. We're not talking about covert racism, such as the fact that until 1960, if you were an Aboriginal male in Canada and you wanted to vote in a federal election, you had to renounce your Indian Act status and give up your treaty rights. Oh, hey, you want to participate in democracy? Well, you know, you better give up uh, a lot of your rights there. That's, that's the trade-off. Kind of like oh, what I talked about in the last video with them. Oh, Native women, you want to see your kid? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should uh, sign these papers that include a clause saying you agree to sterilization. Let's continue talking about covert um, racism. So uh, on top of all these terrible instances, we also have um, regular migrant worker abuses. So... The majority of migrant workers in Canada, whether you find them in BC, Ontario, or Quebec, tend to come from Latin America and the Caribbean. 
the vast majority come from Latin America, mostly Mexico and Central America. So Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras, these places. And they're in this, they're in between a rock and a hard place because it costs money to come up here. And then they work like dogs for anywhere from 12 to 18 hours a day in cramped conditions to the point that the living room in one of these homes still has like six mattresses within it. It's nothing more, like a home is nothing more than a kitchen, a single bathroom, and a sleeping pad for all these workers that they host out in the countryside. They work like dogs for next to no money, but back home it's a fair amount of money. And so if they don't produce enough, then they can't make up for the cost of getting up here and the visa and everything like that. And then there's less money for their families back home who they are trying to provide for. And this is why in Windsor-Essex County right now, there's still outbreaks of the coronavirus because so many of the workers are afraid that if they, you know, raise a fuss or put their foot down, guess what? The company could just send them back home and replace them with yet another eager person, eager to make just a bit more money to help their family back home where job prospects are much worse. This is the problem. And so this fear keeps migrant workers in BC and Ontario just working for next to no money to keep us regular Canadians fat, fed, and happy. And th this is a cause for alarm because so many abuses can happen. They, they are not in really safe or sanitary conditions just part of why the coronavirus keeps coming back in these areas. Um, they're being treated like crap and exploited, like their labor is being exploited to keep, you know, costs low because that's what capitalism is about. And then uh, we're, we're, in exchange for this, we're basically exploiting the poverty of places in Mexico and Central America so that we can have lower costs of fruit and vegetables and things like this. And we don't pay or respect these people nearly as much as we should. And yet they continue to suffer abuse and exploitation, just like historically the Chinese had, and even the Japanese who had a lot of their farms stolen from them uh, during the Japanese internment. You know, there's, there's racism still to this day directed against Sikhs, Arabs, Muslims. I faced uh, physical and verbal abuse for being uh, not only Latino, but also being mistaken for uh, someone of Middle Eastern origin and therefore Muslim. Because of course, post 9-11, and everyone hates Islam all of a sudden, yeah, I got beaten, I got assaulted and like spat on and shouted in my face for being um, a dirty fucking Arab or the sand N-word. I'm not Arab, but because of my complexion and how I look, people assumed I was because racists are never really particularly smart. I've also faced discrimination for being a Latino because, oh, hey, look, I'm a Latino, so I must be lazy, right? But also somehow I'm stealing jobs. Figure that one out. It's Schrodinger's immigrant. The racism that Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, has to face on a daily basis, and he handles it with poise and diplomacy. It is ridiculous. And that we don't talk about all these injustices, both past and present, and don't recognize that we still have a lot of work to do as a country, is what's bothering me.